So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast Episode 10 for June 28th, 2015 This week I have with me, because he has no life, Andrew Roe McFain yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything. Yep, and of course, I am your host, Nathan Reen Spruth. So, just so everyone knows, big news of the week: uh, the Supreme Court decided in a five-four ruling that gay marriage should be legalized. And moving on to more important news: Batman Arkham or Batman Arkham Knight sucks. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, on PC. Yeah, on PC, it it's not doing very hot. Uh, but. Yeah, so you have Arkham Knight, right? Yeah, I I uh, pre-ordered it like an idiot. Yep, yep. Only idiots pre-order stuff. It's true. And I pre-ordered Fallout Four. Only idiots pre-order stuff. Exactly. I I, I pre-ordered the one hundred twenty dollar version. <laughs> we're, it, we're we're dumb, but uh, yeah, Fallout Four. Yeah, I pre-ordered that, but I didn't get Arkham Knight, even though I like the other Arkham games. Um. And I don't know why I didn't pre-order it. Looked it looked good, but I was like, eh, you know, I'll wait. And apparently that was a good idea, because mm-hmm. now I probably wouldn't have much of a problem with the game. I have a a decent gaming setup, like, and I have Nvidia equipment, so I shouldn't like a uh, Nvidia graphics cards work a lot better than AMD on Arkham Knight, and it, that's. Uh... It's still not making a whole lot of difference for most people. Yeah. So, the the major flaw is that it's running at terrible frame rates, like 10 frames a second, and that, for certain people. Yeah, it, it's, uh, the, the issues are really inconsistent, um, because there, there's footage of very early on in the game, whenever you first get in the Batmobile, of the game just freezing for seconds at a time uh, during that initial cutscene. And anytime that people are driving or flying through the air, uh, any kind of fast movement seems to result in a lot of hitching. And at the very least, huge drops in frame rate, which uh, another big problem that... uh, even if there weren't all of these other issues going on, uh, the game is is out of the out of the gate locked to thirty frames per second on PC. Right, and you can change that. You can go into the INI files, but not everyone knows how to do that. Right. Um, they have since uh, they released a patch, I think, yesterday that changed that, where now you can unlock the frame rate in the options menu, but the fact that, you know, in the past, the Batman games have had some issues on PC, but nothing to this level. And they've always been pretty decent about having, you know, graphics options available to, you know, the layman. Um, and especially after Warner Brothers released that uh, Lord of the Rings game, uh, Shadow of Mordor. It was uh, 
it, it was expected, at least of me, or for me, that they they were going to pay a lot more attention to their PC ports because Shadow of Mordor was a fantastic PC port. It was, and I I I had the game for Xbox One, but from what I heard, the Shadow of Mordor was, you know, you could go and use. The ultra settings required you to have six gigs of RAM or something like that. Video RAM. Yeah. So you had to have like a Titan X to be able to play that <laughs> game on ultra settings. Yeah. Before the, the Titan X existed, anyway. Yeah, they they had some. Uh, they, that was that was a particularly stupid idea. That the textures were. I guess, I guess it was the way that they were doing texture streaming. That on ultra settings, they just had the max resolution textures just in the game all the time. Which, yeah, it's a cool idea, but <laughs> you kind of screw over a lot of people in the process of that. Oh, but yeah. the options menu is is really comprehensive for being a PC port. And I think a lot of people expected Arkham Knight to follow suit since you know it's still being published by WB Games. Uh, but no... No, uh, the options menu is is sparse, to say the least. Uh, well, from what and, I understand, they outsourced the PC port. Yeah, and that's what they did um, previously, I think, with uh, Origins. Um, and yeah, it, the company that they outsourced it to, apparently, uh, according to a friend of mine, who follows the Batman ser- the, these Batman games a lot more closely than I do? Uh, they ha- they were given a they were a team of twelve, I think it was, and they were given two months to do the entire PC port. Yeah, um, when you limit things like that, when you get yeah. when you have, I mean, they've been working on this game for how how long? Like, a very very long time. Uh, yeah. With with a lot of the stuff that was in the previous. Uh, game not origins uh, city uh, that alluded to Arkham Knight chances are they were working on Arkham Knight simultaneously when they were working on city so the I mean the other team should have had I I would imagine six months to a year there was there was ample time to allow Rocksteady to at least work with another team to get it ported to PC properly Right. And not it, not make it be a two month rush job. Yeah, like it very, very obviously was. Well, and I read the patch notes um, a little bit that just came out too, and those graphic settings, uh, ambient occlusion wasn't wasn't in there. Like you weren't able to get ambient occlusion, and so they actually patched that in with the patch. Yep. Um, and that, that and that's just something that's it's available on the PlayStation Four, but it wasn't available on the PC. Yeah, there were uh, there were a few things that they just removed from the PC version for some reason, even though they're on the console versions. And uh, just for people who may be listening that I don't know what ambient occlusion is, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it like just distance? Um, I like believe... like, it, like the further things are, the they can become kind of fuzzy. I can't. I can't remember is if that... it's that or if it's the way that. As I th- was thinking, it was uh, something to do with the way the light functions in the game. I'm gonna find out here. Ambient uh, occlusion is, oh, is a method oh. uh, about how bright light should be shining on any specific part of a surface based on the light and environment. So it's light effects. 
Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's kind of like the way that uh, the way that they do uh, light scattering uh, on a on a rigid surface. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it makes things look much more shiny. Yeah. So, uh, while it's not something that like really matters. It is something that it's weird that it was omitted because PCs are better at handling that stuff. At least higher-end PCs are better at handling that stuff than a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Arkham Knight, not that great. But you haven't had any problems. I haven't had any major problems. Nothing like what I've been reading about. What, uh, uh, what type of, like, I... how's the game? How's the game? That's what I'm asking. How is the game? Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, it is an amazing follow up to Arkham City, and uh, it just takes the formula that they Arkham put together. Origins. You mean? No, I thought it was it was after Arkham Origins. It it well, if if you're talking chronology in yes. the game universe, um, Origins was the first game in the series. Well, yeah, yeah, cr- cr- chronologically, so. Uh, the way that they were released was Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then they went back all the way to Arkham Origins, and yeah. this one is after, chronologically, it's after Arkham Origins, correct? In terms of release schedule, yeah. Uh, what I meant what I'm was... Saying, in, the, in the world of the game, it's Origin, Asylum, City, and then Arkham Knight. Okay, okay. See, I was, I was under the impression it was a sequel to Arkham Origins. No. Okay. Origins uh, explains why uh, it, it it acts like it implies where Batman came from, but it's actually more about where Joker came from. Yeah. Yeah. It but, was a uh, it was a pretty good game. I played it on my stream at www.twitch.tv forward slash Yeah. Um. <laughs> I I played it I played it for a couple of hours. Um. Because I had just finished playing City. And uh, I just I ended up stopping playing because I got burned out. Yeah. But uh, I believe Origins wasn't developed by Rocksteady either. Yeah, I think um, it was a. I think it was the same. It was like a PC port, which done by a different company. Well, the, the entire game wasn't developed by Rocksteady. Like I don't oh. know. And you just you just got a text message. Yeah, I got a, got a Facebook message from the grandma. Oh, I forgot that that was on. Don't you be cursing on that podcast, young man. Uh, apparently there's a tornado watch because that means anything. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, Origins, the the whole game was done by a separate developer uh, while Rocksteady uh, presumably continued working on Arkham Knight. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But uh... as, as a follow-up to City... Like it, because Origins kind of did the same formula as City. Uh, from from what I've heard, it's kind of on the same scale as City. Even like it's, it it was a interim game. It was something to to satisfy you while you waited for Arkham Knight to get announced. Right. But uh, as a follow up to City, like oh my god, there there's so much to the game already, and I'm I'm not even like four hours in yet right i i like those games but the problem i have with those type of games and it's just me is 
yeah, I like collecting things in games. <laughs> but I get so, like the, everywhere there's like twelve collectibles, and you have to like like do certain stipulation. And I just get burnt out from with that, and so I just kind of rush through the game after that. Yeah, and I, that's I, the cool thing I, I think about about it is that you can do that. Like it's totally optional yep. to do almost everything in the game. But I find most of it so fun that that I don't I don't really care. And you can uh, you can expect to see Andrew McVeigh's review of Arkham Knight on w- on Retainentertainment dot com. Sure. No. Sure not. you can. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, first the game has to fucking work right because thing is, um, you know, I wasn't having any problems up until uh, the last time that I played. All of a sudden, I started having all of the problems that people were complaining about. Oh, I see. Um, at least not not to the same degree, but I was starting to get like hitching and whatnot. And I'm not sure if it was because the thing was, I was uh, streaming uh, whenever that happened because I was I was doing the Steam Steam's streaming thing because I was showing Tyler that I was. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> Well, uh, oh, no, it wasn't that. I was showing him that I encountered a bug where I couldn't progress in the game. Oh, wow. Um, and then it, it suddenly started working after he was watching, of course. You but, know, I, I had um, I had a bug like that before in a game, and it made me stop playing the game entirely. <laughs> and it was uh, Spore. Oh, and, really? Yeah, once, you, once we got to the... You you go through the different levels, like you go through like where you're a, like a single celled organism, and then you grow from there. Well, once I got to the space age, there was a quest that you were supposed to complete. And oh, I, you I, have told me about yeah, this, yeah. And I couldn't complete it, so I was like, "This game's not even that good. Why am I still playing it?" And I'm also, not... once you've hit the space stage, like yeah, it's not even it's its own game at that point. So. And not a very good one. And yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty mediocre. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Arkham Knight. I might pick it up. I'll probably wait or pick it up for my Xbox One. Um, I mean, if you don't mind it running at thirty FPS, I would just get it on console. Yeah, see, uh, I don't. I don't mind thirty frames per second. I know a lot of people have problems with with it like they're like oh well it needs to run at 60 frames it's, eh, whatever it looks fine as long if the game's made to run at 30 frames then it's fine if it's if it's made to run at 60 frames a second like all the animations look weird if it runs at 30 frames then i understand well, they're they're usually they're usually planned around running at 30 but it's it's yeah. i don't know i guess i'm just i'm i'm uh, too spoiled by pc gaming and I, I just hate it whenever games run like that. Well, I mean, and and they're they're releasing patches, and I think in a year or so, when it's released back on Steam, <laughs> I might get it for PC. I'm <laughs> hoping maybe by like the end of July, I the want game them, will work. <laughs> I want them to release a new version. Like I want them to to release a game, the the Arkham Knight, and it be have all the DLC in it be half price and be the and, it, and it'd be called the working edition <laughs> no the we're sorry edition <laughs> our bad 
but now what what else were we going to talk about we were going to talk about square enix all right well um what what was your thing and then we'll cover my thing because mine's a little funnier okay well it's not really that big of a deal i guess because no one really square enix is uh is kind of in there with ubisoft i think in the they seem to think themselves much more important than they actually are in most people's eyes. Yeah. Um, but their uh, their CEO stepped down recently. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's going to go focus on a 100% cloud-based uh, platform company. Oh, good. That sounds like something. Yeah. This kind of... Like, it's, it's, a, it's a Japanese company. So they really aren't very open about what goes on on the uh, internals. Japanese companies are weird like that. Yeah, they're kind of very they, secretive. They're, yeah, they're they're very secretive and and protective. I'm assuming it's because their market is a lot more volatile than here in America. Yeah, but um, yeah, the he he stepped down. And now he's gonna go work on something that more than likely isn't really all that interesting. Probably not, but he's probably getting paid a lot of money. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he was the CEO of Squeenix, so I'm sure he got a he got a real nice, you know, whatever CEO bonus before yeah. he left. If I was a CEO of a company making, he probably made a few hundred thousand dollars a year at least. At least. I would probably work for like three years and then be done. <laughs> I would just be like, you know what? I have like two million dollars. I can retire. Like, well, the I th- the key because I've thought about that, and I think the key thing is that you don't become a CEO without having a passion for the business that you're in. Well, that sometimes you, sometimes you can. I mean, there's well, unless unless your business is, uh, gold, golden parachutes. <laughs> unless that's your business. Well, like, uh, who's that guy? <laughs> The Activision CEO, Brian Kotick, Bobby Bobby Kotick, he doesn't like video games. Yeah. He doesn't play video games. He just likes money. Mm -hmm. And he has a really big big passion for making money. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, still, you know, if if all you're about is making a lot of money, well, if you you retire, you just stop making money. That's true. Yeah. So, um... But so let's go over to mine, my story. My story has to do with Tetsuya Nomura. I hope I didn't mangle that name. Yeah, you uh, did. He's the yeah, probably. <laughs> uh he's the director of Final Fantasy Seven, the the remake. And he was talking with uh according to Tsumitsu, uh or Famitsu. Whatever. It's a Japanese it's, yeah, it's Famitsu. Famitsu. I don't know why I said that other one. Uh, so, this is a quote from him from the site. So, it's kind of like through the grapevine. Uh, it says, actually, quite a while ago, uh, we tried to start up the project to make Final Fantasy VII. But at that time, it didn't come to fruition. Um, as pre-production went along, I offered my opinions on what I thought would be done. Mr. Kitsatsu? Kitase. Kitase, yeah. (laughs) 
would ask me how the individual elements should be adjusted in fine detail. And Nomura said, uh, it was very perplexing. Then one day I was checking the internal company presentation video, and it said director Tetsuya Nomura at the end. So I called him up, Mr. You say the word? Kintase. Yeah, and said, it says I'm the director uh, for some reason, to which he responded, of course it does. So apparently the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake did not know he was the director of the Final Fantasy VII Remake until he read a memo and it said that he was the director. Yeah. Which um, which I don't know. He should be paid more for that or something to, to direct Final Fantasy VII. Are you uh you excited about that remake? Yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll get it and then I'll be disappointed cuz they're they're probably going to use the Final Fantasy 13 like fighting system and then I'll just have to hang myself. Um actually, let me let me see cuz uh Destructoid has another article right next to it that says uh no new characters but more realistic gameplay. Yeah, that's so my it? problem. Yeah, what does that mean? Because are they... we still going to have the motorcycle chase? Because I kind of want there to still be the motorcycle chase. Yeah, I want the motorcycle chase. Um, I don't see why there would be more. I like the turn-based... And and that's the thing. People who like maybe, Final maybe Fantasy they'll, VII... Maybe they'll make it like Final Fantasy XV, where it's like Kingdom Hearts style. I don't want that. I don't want. I don't think that would work at all, actually. With, no. Not with the... Not no. with Seven. No. I think they should just stick to what worked. Because it worked yeah, pretty I well. Could, I could see them maybe... I, I could see them doing like an action meter type thing, something like that. I hope they don't go for the, the 13 style. I wasn't really a fan of that. Most people weren't. I've had... I, I When I... I used to work for the other website, lucifer.com. And uh, he... The, him and a bunch of other people that were like on their knees for him uh, were like, oh, it's the best fighting system in any Final Fantasy game. And I was like, you are incorrect, my friend. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't it wasn't a good one. I think uh, I think three slash six had had a really good. I like I liked uh, those systems too. I tend to like Final Fantasy six and Final Fantasy uh, nine are my favorites. I don't I don't know how nine played. Uh, it's you know just a turn-based system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, it harkens back a lot to the older systems actually. So it it's kind of a little bit slower than like Final Fantasy VII, but it's all right. I still liked it. A lot of people did not actually like it, and I don't know why. I think I I know that like a lot of people didn't like the um the art style of it if you know it it looked i i really don't know <laughs> they look <laughs> they so with final fantasy 8 they went for like a really realistic style uh with all their characters and with final fantasy 9 they went with kind of a uh uh like an anime style look a little bit more where they looked younger than what they were so it, it made it really kind of awkward but it was it was really good really good story uh and what was the last thing we were talking about numbers 
Oh, yeah. Um, it came out... Technically, this was last Friday, but we didn't talk about it last week. <laughs> we had way too much to talk about last week anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, this site called Steam Spy uh, recently came out and said uh, the average game on Steam only sells about 32,000 units. Um, and I think that a lot of uh, sites, if they were to latch on to this number, would be kind of misrepresenting what that what that means. Right. Because look at look at they even say in this article, like Skyrim sold. Yeah, you know, eight, eight, they they have eight point six million users on Steam. Right. That's a lot. Uh, GTA Five sold two point two million copies on Steam alone in a month. So, the idea that that you know the average game only sells thirty two thousand copies is kind of misrepresenting how sales on Steam actually are. The probably the main reason that this number is so low is because of shitty games that everyone knows. Are shitty, shitty indie and games, the and just the sheer number of games that are no name that no one cares about, no one knows about. I I I feel like taking an average of something like that is is really just devaluing it because, entirely. Because you're taking the extremes as well. You're taking, you know, the eight point some odd million. If if maybe they they did it a little bit different of a breakdown, maybe it would be better. I would say the breakdown should be like okay, triple A games versus indie games. Yeah, like, or like, or or break it down by like price point at the very least. Yeah, you know g- games that are games that are still selling for or games that are selling for sixty dollars, games that are selling for fifty dollars, or or even g- genre. Yeah, anything like that. Uh, I bet if you took out the say free to play or MMO group or cut out indie entirely, like you would have a much higher number. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who play the. They'll just download the free to play MMOs and and play those and see how they work. But yeah, I think that I I would prefer separating indie from AAA. And then separating that by genre. So that way you can see like the triple A MMOs or the triple A or the triple A um like first person shooters and see how many of those sold. And um, and then same thing with the indie games. That way you can see what type of game it's selling better on. According to Steam's uh store page, uh if I go to just browse all products um, there are 12,268 titles available on Steam. That's a bit. That's a fair number. Yeah. And I th- think this is referring to, uh, I think it's also referring to DLC. Let me try to find out. See, that's what I, I, I know that they do that. And that, if they are grouping yeah, DLC they, with that. If, if they are grouping DLC in with that. Uh, there are, uh, nearly half of those are DLC. 5,183 pieces of DLC available. 
Uh, and if, if you're including that in your numbers, that's skewing them even more <laughs> than they already were. Because there are countless games that sell just numerous packs of DLC that no one is ever going to buy. Like Payday. You know, it, yeah, I was actually thinking just that. Uh, Payday has has a lot of DLC that either no one will ever buy or at this point there is no sense in buying because you can get uh, some other kind of uh, wholesale package that includes those other DLCs. Isn't it like the Crime Wave edition or something like that? Yeah, you can you can get uh, some kind of version of the base game that includes other stuff. So it's it's really not I, I, it's a bad idea to just come out and say, well, most of the time on Steam, you're only going to sell thirty two thousand copies. Well, and then there's the re-releases. Yeah, there's those. So, so there's like so there's there's Fallout three, and then there's Fallout three, all the DLC for Fallout three, and then there's Fallout three Game of the Year edition. Right. So, how much? How many people were like, well, I, you know, I didn't get Fallout 3 at launch. Oh, Game of the Year edition, I'll just get that. Right. And so, you know, you have, you know, you know, 30,000 people buying Fallout 3 and then 100,000 people buying the Game of the Year edition. And they actually, um, they have a chart here, or well, a graph that, uh, shows the average indie title or the average title on steam that enters early access uh they show how sales work for those um poorly well yeah the the actual early access release there is there is shit for for actual sales yeah uh they you get you get a few hundred maybe and then once the media finds out about your game then they explode like sales go higher than they ever will again Mm -hmm. typically yeah and then they drop down to uh pre-media explosion sale level and then you put a discount usually they put a discount on the game uh during some kind of like a steam sale or something like that and then eventually if the game comes out of early access then there's another tiny kick at that point almost all of the sales on on your game happen before the game is even released in in that state and with that in mind you got to look at all the games that are on steam that don't get media coverage that just come out (laughs) yeah because the media doesn't give a shit or you know nobody though the journalists just didn't feel about writing about it that day uh here if you if you go into the actual article uh on here well nobody linked me to that I'm doing it. Okay. Um, they do break it down by genre. Uh, the number of owners per average game uh, in the thousands, uh, broken down by genre, free-to-play is at 330. Uh, I see that. Only, yeah. The only thing next to that is RPGs, RPGs. At, at 55. Owners per average game in thousands. So 55,000 and then 330,000. Yeah. However... 90% of free-to-play owners don't ever pay a dime on the game. Right. It's that 10% that, that do pay that make their profit. Because there's that 10% who will spend more on a game than those 90% combined. 
Right. Um, and then underneath of that, you've got stuff breaking down the costs, how indie games absolutely flood the uh, Steam uh, market. Uh, you've got almost 25,000 fucking indie games on the market, yeah. but a majority of them cost around $10. Yeah, so they're really pretty cheap. Right. Um, um, but at the same time, look at how many people actually own indie games. You're looking at 22,000. They're yeah. almost middle of the road. Yeah. And, I mean, there are some good indie games that sell, you know, a million, two million copies, like the that one game, Super Meat Boy. You know, that sold yeah. over a million copies. But then you have games that, you know, don't sell oh. that well. Oh, this is... Uh... See, see the even games industry, the the place that I that I pulled this article from, misrepresented that number because up here under sales and genres, um, it actually says uh, thirty two thousand is a median value. This is the number of owners of an a of an average game, not an average number of owners for all games. So, so the average. I'm not really sure what that's trying to say. Is that is that the amount of games the average consumer owns? Because that means no, thirty-two thousand games is what I should have on my Steam list. No, <laughs> no, I think no. It is saying that it is saying what 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 games industry was saying is that the number of owners of an average game there most games have thirty-two thousand players. Okay, okay, is what it's saying. I got gotcha. you. So yeah, uh, we were we were doing it right. And mobile gaming is terrible. So yeah, uh don't release a game on Steam if you're not a AAA developer or your game sucks. Um <laughs> Apparently uh just making a good game uh that fits a niche is your best bet. If you want to sell a game on Steam and not really? cloning another game. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait, making a unique game that's fun to play is the mm -hmm. best way to sell a video game? Yeah, they, they, they compare it to how mobile works. And they're like, on mobile, it's a viable... It, it, it sometimes ends up being a viable strategy to clone another game. Uh, um, Flappy they Bird. Say, they say, to be honest, it isn't, but... No. Uh... It really depends, because look at fucking Clash of Clans, and then look at all of... Just fucking look up Clash of on fucking the Android market, at least, and you'll get fucking Clash of, of every goddamn thing you can think of. Or, or, you can be Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just be Bethesda. No matter what you release, we'll buy it. Right. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, there are a bunch of, like... I know there's a bunch of Saga games, like the uh, Candy Crush Saga. They made a bunch of things with that. When Flappy Bird was popular, and it decided to... The, the guy decided to take it off of the markets, there were a bunch of people making Flappy Bird clones, and I think that might be... That might have been a good idea. The only reason it's a good idea is because... The, Flappy Bird took like two two seconds to make, 
and, <laughs> and you could sell it and for like two dollars and you know you get a, you get a hundred people buying that game you're still making a profit right so i mean i think that guy created flappy bird in three days and then made millions of dollars off of it or something 50 50 grand a day or something off that game yeah it's like that guy that, that guy that guy made all of his money yeah he made all of the money yeah and we can't do anything like that because because you're lazy yeah yeah we could we could make I a can't flappy stop bird. watching jojo's bizarre adventure long enough to actually do anything at work <laughs> or talking to me because yeah. i pester you uh you know what we should do we should have uh we should have flappy flappy aroa and it'll just mm-hmm. be your head and like when you press the button it'll open up your mouth as you go up and down and in between the the pipes could be like little burgers you could eat <laughs> for extra points uh-huh I think i think i'm onto something here was that a was that a thing in Flappy Bird? Could you, I don't think no. you could collect things. No, the there weren't. The, see, we're we're adding on to it. We are. Yeah. We are we are evolving it's the a, game. It's a it's a totally different game, so we won't yep. get sued. We get sued anyway. It's oh, we would fun. get so fucking sued. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't me look, look at all the fucking Flappy Bird clones. That's good. Yeah, that's true. He's got he's got enough money. He's not suing people. Yeah. He's Vietnamese or something. So anyway, he, t- he, t- he took the game off the market for fuck's sake. Like he he doesn't care about money. He just yeah. wanted to make a fun game, and then everyone loved it too much. And he's like, it's too addictive. Yeah. Like, no, no shit. That's why you made the game. You get them addicted, and then they they pay money, and you, then you make money. I think it was free. Yeah. How, so how do how does a game make money if it's free? Is it just ads? Ads, ads yeah. in the game. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know if it had ads or not. So it had a. It had an ad every time you died, I believe. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad. Uh, so what games have you been playing, Aroa? Batman. Uh, mainly. Have I even been playing anything else? Not really. Just Batman and uh, sometimes World of Warcraft. I've. I've. It's not that I've gotten bored of it. I just. Uh, I I don't want it to take over my life, and so I want to do good other reason. things with my time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been playing Fallout Three. Still. 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 I mean, okay. it's it's understandable. It's a really fucking huge game. So. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, I played a little bit of Skyforge, and it was uh not good, not very what? good. Was that is that part of the uh, survival game fad? No, it's it's just an MMO. It's like Guild, oh, wait. Guild Wars. Was that that one that you wanted me to play? Yeah, and then I I deleted it. So, oh, okay. It wasn't very good. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of mediocre in my opinion. It was free to play Guild Wars. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I already own Guild Wars too, so why would I? There were a few <laughs> things that I liked about it. Uh, you could pay extra money like to unlock new classes. Oh, I don't like that at all. Well, or you could just play the game and unlock those classes. Yeah, I don't like that though. Oh. Okay. I don't I don't like when games let you 
by progress. Oh, okay. I gotcha. But you could what well, you could multi-class in it as well, which is pretty cool. It from what I was reading, it sounded like a really cool idea, and then it was weighed down with free-to-play mechanics. Yeah. See, what I like, I like, honestly, I like the older style of MMO, like Final Fantasy XI and games made around that time where I know a lot of people hate the idea of you need a tank and a healer and, you know, you have to have a set group, which a lot of MMOs are kind of trying to get away from having that so you can kind of solo anything. Yeah. I like the idea of having a tank and a healer and that's, damage. That's what and... made WoW fun for me. Yeah. Was was being able to join a random group and and be like, alright, I'm DPS. Let's let's do this. Your... And then everyone just has their purpose. Yeah. Your damage per second. I don't I don't like that. I don't like, like I don't like because in Final Fantasy XI, they called it DD, Damage Dealer. Oh, yeah. And so I'm a Damage Dealer instead of I'm a Damage Per Second. Well, it, it's, a, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing. I know. It's just, it doesn't sound grammatically correct to me. So, so oh. I'm like, uh, it sounds weird. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a warlock. I yeah. do the damage over time spells. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so... You know, that's a lot of older games were like that, and a lot of newer MMOs are kind of trying to stick with, like, you you have a healing ability, like everyone has a healing ability, everyone can do damage, and I'm just like, why? Yeah, it's like they're trying to make these MMOs for solo players. They, They wanted to make Skyrim, but they realized that they couldn't come up with like you know, interesting enough gameplay for that. So they just made it into an MMO for fun. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just, I prefer that older type of gameplay. And I know WoW's like that. I've never really got into WoW, though, so. I uh, I like it. It's just, I still don't think I can justify paying money for it every month. And I can't bring myself to play it often enough to grind the gold to play for free. Right. Right. Because you can... You can grind the gold and then sell something on the auction house to get a free month of gameplay. You can buy uh the what other what it ha- it's like a Eve online. Um, players can buy uh, WoW tokens that equate to a month of game time, and then you can buy those in the auction house and redeem them for game time. Right. So then you pay whatever the market price for a WoW token is. Last I checked, it was something like 30,000 gold. That's a lot of gold. It sounds like a lot, but uh, supposedly that's not that's not hard to get anymore, at least. Right. As long as you grind enough. But the thing is, like, I don't want to do that. That's, that's yeah. what turned me off from EVE, is that the game is just grinding. Yeah. Um, I know that Wildstar did that, too. They had kind of a, a token thing where you could... Uh, pay a certain amount for the gold, or 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 you could pay a certain amount for the token in the auction house, and then you could get a free game month. The yeah. thing about Wildstar was, um, a game month time before they're going free to play now, but it was fifteen dollars a month. But the token was twenty dollars. So the person 
would pay $20, put it on the auction house and get money, and, or the golden game. So they're, the company was actually making $5 more than they would if the person just paid for the month of game time. Yeah, but the, the point of the WoW tokens is for the players. It's to cut down on uh, gold trading scams. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's all it is. I know, and I think it's I think it's a totally acceptable way of doing it because, I mean, what turns most people off from WoW is the subscription fee. So if you bring people in with the notion of, hey, I get a free month when I buy the game anyway, and then beyond that, I can just grind enough gold to play for free, right? Right. And grinding that much gold, at least in the beginning, would be difficult. But once you get yeah. up to level ninety or whatnot, I'm sure it's. It's yeah, easy and, peasy. And if you buy the uh, the newest expansion, you just get a level boost up to 90 immediately anyway, which is a terrible idea if it's your first time playing. It's but, a terrible idea in general, in my opinion, but... I, it depends. You know, what if what if you've, you've already played through, you know, everything once or twice, and you're just like, I just want to play on another server and be level 90 and play the new content. Then transfer. That costs money. Yeah. So does the expansion. Yeah, but you, you, you're going to buy the expansion anyway, and it comes with a level 90 boost. Okay. I just... I, I don't like it because... I the, agree that yeah. the notion of... Because you can buy... You can buy separate level 90 boosts for like 20 bucks. Oh. See... And, it's, and that's and, fucking stupid. Well, you shouldn't well, do that. And here's your thing. You, you said this. You said... I hate when people have to would can pay for progress. Yeah. So So it's the same thing. You're paying for to progress to level 90. Yeah. And that that is dumb. Yeah. So I don't care really that people do it. I just it for me getting to max level is like when I start a game like an MMO and I plan on playing that MMO, getting to max level is the goal. And then doing raids and whatever after that. Right. So that's saying that that goal is pointless because you can just pay for it. Right. So there's no sense of accomplishment from actually learning how your character plays and going through the storyline. You just get max level. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. So anyway... um. That's there's not much to talk about since E3 is over. Yeah, nothing uh nothing nothing really all that significant has happened. And... No, nope, nothing has happened at all in the last week that anyone cares about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um this but isn't anyway. a politics podcast, it's, fuckers. It's not. <laughs> it's we talk not. about pointless bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, like politics. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening to my podcast uh of course this is nathan reed spruth and i was joined by andrew roe mcfain if you like the podcast you can go on itunes you can sign up for the podcast on there because it still hasn't been deleted yet and give us a five out of five stars i don't think i've received any ratings on there so that's that's something you can download it onto any of your i devices ipod imac uh, other iDevice, iPad, iWatch. Can you can you download podcasts onto your watch? 
Uh, yeah, it can play music. Okay. Uh, you can also go to SoundCloud if you don't have an iDevice or iTunes or any. You can go to SoundCloud, and if you have an account there, you can follow me on there as well. Or you can just hop by my website at retonentertainment.com and go to the podcast section where I have a list of all the podcasts that we've done. And lastly, I have my Twitch account, which, Aroa, do you know what happened right before I called you? Uh, it, you got banned? Yes, that's it. That's I got banned from Twitch because I was, uh, my penis was on there. <laughs> no, actually, I got to 500 followers. Yep. So, because I'm at 500 followers, we're going to try next weekend, possibly on Saturday night, uh, to do our Connect Dancing Night with myself and the Super Dean brothers, Eric and Casey. And he's going to fly me out there. All expenses paid. No. If I had money, maybe. <laughs> but I don't have I don't have that much money. And I, I don't like you that much. If I had that much money, I would, uh, I would have a nicer computer. Uh, it's probably only like, what, $600 to, to fly somebody from Illinois to, uh, where do you live? Oregon? Uh... It's Fourth of July weekend. Oh, that is true. That 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 would be. Uh... It would probably be like a thousand dollars, just because of the weekend that's on. Any other time of the year, it'd probably be around four hundred dollars round trip. So I wouldn't be too bad. But uh, for you know holidays, Fourth of July weekend and stuff, oh, it would just be awful. Me? Yeah. I want to know. I want to know now. Are How you looking? I... Are you looking it up? Yeah. Uh. I don't I don't know what Expedia. That's a that's a site. Travelocity, Expedia, uh MapQuest. I think my ad blocker killed Expedia. Let's try it. Let's try that. There we go. Possibly. Okay. Alright. Uh from St. Louis, Missouri to what's the nearest airport? Redmond, actually Redmond Airport. Our Redmond, Oregon. Yep. Okay. One adult departing uh, seven. Uh, I don't know let's leave the third and I'll return on Sunday oh god that's going to be terrible probably round trip alright Checking with airlines that fly this route. Getting flight information. Searching for the shortest flights. Finding the best fares. I'm thinking it'll be $900. Uh, $734. That's not bad. I mean, it's not great. I wouldn't pay it. I don't, I, it's also... Uh, a poor flight. It's got a three out of ten. Oh, good. Satisfaction really low. <laughs> it is the Arkham Knight of flights. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's got two stops. It's a. It's a sixteen-hour flight. Somehow. Do it now. Now, instead of having it for that weekend, do it for about two weeks out. Okay. So instead of doing the third, do like the twentieth or whatever. Well, the one it started out with was the 12th. 
Okay. So let me do let me do on the twelfth. And leave pack? on a Thursday. Uh, okay. Because so I'll... well, Thursdays are going to be cheaper. Sure. I don't know. So leaving on a Friday and coming back on a Monday or a Sunday is more expensive than leaving on like a Thursday or a Wednesday and coming back on you know, like a. Like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that, because most people want to fly on the weekend. So doing oh, it in the yeah, middle of the that, week is. Yeah. I cut a couple hundred dollars off. <laughs> yeah. So is it what five hundred dollars now round trip? Uh, it's five ninety seven, and it's a six point six out of ten instead of a three. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would put you on the three. <laughs> I would I would put you on the I I don't know is there any lower like a one point five. Uh, no, actually, actually, the worst flights are more expensive. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I would pay pay an extra twenty bucks and put me on a three point five. <laughs> I would do that. Take the take the eight hour flight, turn it into a fifteen hour flight for no reason. For more money, I would yeah. do that just to fuck with you. <laughs> if I had the money, I would just feel, you're like, why am I why is my trip seventy hours? <laughs> I have to take a bus? I'll I'll set it for Tuesday and then see what happens. Okay, this one Well, they're doing a fancy animation with the flights all popping up. Oh in nice. Real time. Uh, mm. So interesting, much gaming. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we gotta pad and this podcast out anyway. It's it's still six twenty five. So yeah, you're look, probably looking at around six hundred dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it, you gotta kind of play the system when looking for flights. You can't just. I've, I've literally never. I've never. Fl- I've never flown either, but I've looked into flying different places. So. I only I've only done that once, and then I was like, man, it would be a lot easier just to drive over there. And then you then you drove over to Tyler's house. <laughs> My so one last thing. So I have a friend on uh, Facebook. Her name is Cat. She actually has the same name as my mom, which is weird. It's gonna make uh, some things awkward. Yeah, she is hot too. Not my mom. Anyway, so she she messages me, and she's like, hey, I just bought this flight stick, and uh, it won't work right because she hasn't set it up right. And so she wants me to help her set up this flight stick. And I'm like, you're in the fucking UK. I can't, it's not like I can go over there and help you set it up. I'd have to, like, remote into your computer. And her flight stick... You know how I bought that fancy one? Yeah. Hers is a hundred dollars more. It's the same it's the same company that makes it, but it's a hundred dollars more. Oh. It is the uh X fifty five Rhino. Why did she buy this? I I don't know. Like she wanted to play Flight Sims and she's like, Oh, I got it. Spent Two hundred dollars on it, or whatever the equivalent is in euros. Okay. And then she doesn't even know how to set it up. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I wanted to buy a two hundred dollar flight stick, I I could. 
Yeah. But like, why would you? I bought a hundred dollar flight stick because it was. I've been looking at it for a long time, and I want to play Star Citizen with it and No Man's Sky. It's No Man's Sky, right? That's the name of it. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to playing that with the uh, with my joystick. Your penis. <laughs> all right thanks for watching and listening you should uh press the follow button on any of the places that i do stuff uh, uh we'll talk to you next week i'm not sorry bye <laughs>